0: Hey everybody, welcome to another amazing episode of The Collective Podcast. I'm your host Ash Thorpe and this is going to be episode 115 with legendary illustrator and art director Mike Yamada who tells us about his art education at Art Center and the decade he spent at working at Dreamworks. Mike also shares his love for creative passion and some insight into the process and tools that he uses as well as some of his favorite books. We also discuss his experiences going to Comic-Con and a bit about his odd work-life balance. Today's episode is brought to you by Maxon, the creators of Cinema 4D. For this month of August only, Maxon is offering an online special. If you purchase Cinema 4D by August 31st, you also get the newest version of C4D Release 17 absolutely free. In addition, you get free premium access to C4D Cineversity tutorials and resources. You can find out more details by visiting maxon.net, so check that goodness out, everybody. Here we go, episode 115. Let's roll. I'm so happy that we're doing this. It's been a while. I've been, um, I read the, uh, big hero six art book. Uh, I don't know if I read it I'm more like, Oh, look at that image. Ah, you know, like, <laughs> it's hard to read those books necessarily. I, I actually do read everything in those. So, cause I'm, I'm very interested in process and, mm-hmm. and how things are made. And, um, and that's how I, I've seen your work before just through the ether of the internet and just randomly and i'd always be like wow this is, there's so much style and, and and voice to this work and when i was reading the book the art of book um yeah i was just really taken back by it and i was like andrew we must get him on the show and and it's been a, quite a long time. I think yeah, it has been. It's like a half a year or maybe a year. I don't even know how long it's been. I think it's, it's been. been about a year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so dreams do come happen. Or do do happen, kids. <laughs> so just keep, say persistent. Because <laughs> I know you're a pretty busy guy and you got your own life going on. And you, you know, sometimes I imagine you're like, uh, I just want to draw. I don't want to necessarily talk about it. So. But I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to talk a bit about just who you are as a person and how you've come to be and, mm-hmm. you know, the ups and downs. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm excited. So thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Oh, I mean, it's exciting.
0: Yeah, Awesome. Well, we can talk about um, there's so many different things. I really like to talk about the work life balance on the show and and kind of go into some random uh, tangents and stuff. But definitely I'd like to focus around your career and, and perhaps yeah. we can discuss like how you got started and And, um, I noticed that you're from art center as well. So you have a a formal, like a traditional education. I'm really curious about that and what your thoughts are on traditional education versus, you know, the new era of art education, which is online and self-developed and stuff. So, um, maybe we can start there and just kind of talk about your origin, your origin story,
1: my origin story. (laughs) Um, so, okay. So I think it, for me, it really started, I mean, I was in, I think high school and, um, I knew I wanted to do something in the arts. I didn't know what it was um, for me. Like art was really, I think it was like three things. It was like um, illustration, graphic design, and like photography mm-hmm. because those are kind of the classes that they have in high school, and that's kind of the only jobs that you hear about. And I like drawing, but I, I don't know, had a lot of really bad experiences with like life drawing, things like that. Um, I think one of the first ones I remember there was like a model, and they were just like mad dogging me the whole session. <laughs> <laughs> and they came up to me at the end. They're like, how do you like it? How do you like being stared at for an hour? Wow. I really? Just, yeah.
0: What I the just, fuck?
1: I was like, I can't do this. I don't want to.
0: That sounds horrible. Was, yeah. <laughs> Why would they even do that job then?
1: I don't know. What what a it's, like a weird
0: it, person. <laughs> it was
1: specifically me. Oh, I was like, wow. no, it wasn't like the whole class they were like, hey, everyone.
0: Wow. <laughs> that Stop is super scaring. shitty. <laughs> Stop staring when your job is to stay there nude and pose and just do yeah. that. Oh, wow. That is such a weird experience. Yeah. Oh, no so wonder. That'd be weird.
1: <laughs> and also, I was really bad at that, too. I was just really bad because it's like every, everyone's going through puberty and it's weird. And you're like, oh, there's a naked person. This yeah. is
0: strange. It is strange. It's super fucking strange. <laughs> but it's part of it's a weird part of art, isn't it? It's I yeah. remember those times in college. I'd be like, well, I'm in college. Um, I'm fully clothed. I'm next to about 30 other strangers from teenager to, not teenager, but 18 to, you know, 45. And we're in a dark room and uh, we're looking at a naked human in a public space. And I was thinking to myself... No wonder normal people think artists are fucking idiots.
1: Because <laughs> it's weird as, as because, fuck. <laughs> yeah. And there's a point where you're like, you know, it's not actually about like people that are attractive. You're like, the more weird looking they are, yeah, the more, the better it is. And everyone's like, oh yeah, that guy, he has all these amazing folds. And you're like, wow. And then you're like, you think about it, you're like, that's weird. You're just all desensitized and strange now.
0: Yes, it is weird. And it's almost like I remember those live nude drawing classes as being like this, um, like a weird silent hazing. At the end, the, <laughs> the ritual of entry to being an artist, you know, it's like, yeah, can you handle this weird shit? You know, how weird can you get, you know, like you want to be the guy that's sitting up close and super drawing all the wrinkles and shit. It's like, uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> then you have these guys who I, I'm running on tangent, but you I remember this, I remember getting wrapped into how cool it was. And I remember studying this one artist who was just phenomenal at drawing, at drawing reality from still life, and life, life drawing. And he was just fucking like rigid about everything, like incredibly hard about everything. And I and now when I think back on it now, I'm like, wow, that's just a kind of a weird thing. You know, it's like sitting in rooms drawing naked people and that's your life. It's like, oh, I mean, that's pretty cool, I guess. But I don't know. It's kind of weird. (laughs) yeah <laughs> I didn't think about it until you brought up that story, and I'm like,' you wow, must look at really strange porn, like yeah, you must like, how does that person get off? It's like, oh, that's an interesting combination, so I'd yeah. like to know we should ask that person. I have yeah. tried to get up on the, <laughs> get them on the show only for that question,
1: yeah, yeah. We get <laughs> so, a whole bunch of them, a whole panel of people that's what their life is, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, who knows man it's it's really weird, but yeah, you're talking about, sorry, you're talking about your puberty stage and watching and trying to draw naked people and how odd that is.
1: Yeah, so I ended up actually in graphic design because I was like, okay, so it's kind of art or it's art. It's like you're moving things around. I really liked that. Um, It was like kind of right at the cusp of things going digital. Mm. Like um, I still was doing like, I don't know, like I worked on the newspaper and the yearbook and um, I worked at like a copy place and everything was like kind of still like real paste up. Like you would print things out, cut it apart, you know, do all that stuff wax and take photos develop things and it was like kind of fun because it was super hands-on yeah so then that's what I want I ended up in and then I kind of went to um a community college and I kind of you know like as part of the you know get into art school thing you have to you know take all these like basic drawing and painting classes so then I was doing that and, you know, a bunch of graphic design classes. Um, I took an industrial design class because I was like, hey, I like drawing you no know, naked people in there. They're going to be mad at me. <laughs> and that was actually pretty cool because I didn't know that there was a job where you could design like pencil sharpeners and things. <laughs> and, <laughs> cell phones. and I was like, this is great. I could I could see myself doing this. That's and um, <laughs> through that, I kind of um, I got into Art Center for product design. OK. And um went through most of that curriculum like about halfway through and um, I don't know I was kind of running into walls kind of getting a little burnt out and I realized that you know you can take this and it was around when um, the the second trilogy or the new trilogy of Star Wars was starting to come out mm. so you know got one of those books I was like, oh these people draw a lot like me, but they're drawing things that you don't actually have to think about. how they work yeah
0: yeah which is awesome (laughs)
1: yeah and i'm like i want to design spaceships i mean why would you want to design a cell phone when you can make a spaceship yeah exactly
0: (laughs) that's a good point yeah
1: so went through all that um how was it there uh it's interesting i mean for me it's like i process wise Mm -hmm. um i mean it's good coming from like a strong like i have a very like strong defined like design background so it's not necessarily just entertainment it's just a thing that i do sure i mean it's fun i like it but i mean it's like i mean there's lots of other just little random things i like doing like i like doing graphics like when i was doing books i really found it therapeutic to you know mess around in indesign
0: oh, okay it mess around you know kern things yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting yes so you're a natural designer then Hmm.
1: Yeah, I just, I think I just like all those little pieces of it. It's like, sure. I don't know. I mean, it's to me, solving, I feel like. Communicating. Yeah. I mean, most people that are in design, you have some degree of um, OCD. Yes. Because it's all about like you wanting to arrange things. It doesn't, it's certain things. It's not everything because yes. usually you see their studio as a mess, but there's something that's like remarkably organized somewhere. It could be their work. It could be like a drawer with their tools in it. It could be something. Yeah. And to me, I'm like, yeah, it's, we're all like a little crazy
0: like that. It, it is. Yeah, definitely. That's a good observation. It definitely is an OCD thing, I think. And just having control and wanting to manipulate the environment and things around you to your will, yeah. basically. Yeah. It's kind of what design is to me, I think. And a lot of great artists and designers uh, alike are, I think, fit that mold pretty pretty spot on.
1: Yeah, oh, totally. Crazy, yeah.
0: Crazy people. <laughs> <laughs> what, what year did you graduate from our center
1: um so i graduated 2003 okay um, I, my last term there i had um a visual development class it was taught by two guys that were art directors at dreamworks um, oh, okay and um oh, what are their names uh, david james and christian shellwald and they pretty much um i they were you know, out of the classes, they were going, oh, you know, this person, we basically were getting trained by them. And they're kind of pulling people out of the program to um, hire into DreamWorks in like entry level positions.
0: Yeah, I remember when they were doing that pretty strongly. So that gave a lot of value to Art center, because students were thinking that if they did good enough, they can instantly get a job at a high tier table, like a work workplace, basically. Yeah. Which is really cool.
1: Yeah, that was really amazing because for me, that was like a 10 year sort of thing, like 10 years out. That's, excuse me, where I wanted to be. Yeah. And so I was like out of school for a month. I was just doing freelance and um, I ended up there and I was there for almost 10 years.
0: Awesome. That's a long time.
1: Yeah, (laughs) that is. Yeah. Was
0: Was it was it too long for you?
1: Um, I think, I don't know. I mean, part of me, it's, it's, I'm still trying to figure things out, like how everything works. I think part of it was, I don't know, a little bit of thinking about it in terms of like, I don't know. I mean, I I think it's like, it probably would have been better to be a little more nomadic because then you can work with different people. You can get different points of view. Um, you can understand how other companies approach the same problem, like, because everyone's making a product or a movie or game and they're all going to do it differently yeah That's so i just was really good at that one way of understanding how it gets done
0: yeah i see what you're saying there's a beauty to that but at the same time yeah being able to be no nomadic because the great thing is you don't own the company so you can just kind of bounce around different solutions and stories in different places, and you can understand the processes so fast. And you can go, "Oh, this worked really well over here," and this doesn't work so well over here. And it's not like your company to be like eating it for that, you know? Yeah. But you can have your own. You can basically get paid to learn, which I think is always the the point. I think for me personally, and anybody that I know that's high level creative when they are working at different studios or constantly getting paid to learn basically because um, they're paying attention to every decision being made, you know, mm-hmm. what's saving things here, what's killing this there, you know, all that stuff. So Yeah.
1: I think that's just a really exciting thing, especially like kind of, I don't know, for me, it seems like the last three to five years, you can start seeing this big push and a big change in kind of all the creative industries, mm-hmm. like how much CG, how much, you know, um, kind of all the tools like how easy they've become in a way yeah and it's to me it's like i'm looking at i'm like we're in the next big like change it's like when photoshop showed up like what 15 years ago and it was starting to like you know edge out the people that were doing traditional work yeah like you can still survive by not doing it but there's going to be a tipping point where you know you're not going to be as relevant anymore
0: yeah yeah It's interesting, you know, I think that there are definitely traditional artists that kill it and they're able to do it. But it's interesting when you see new forms of media coming up and how it's working and also the speed of return, um, especially in movie productions, um, Mm -hmm. because, you know, I'm sure very well, like how fast things need to move when they need to move, you know, and um, sitting and waiting for a painting to dry or something is no longer the convenience of this day and age. The way that people consume is at a rapid rate. And the way that things are made as a rapid rate, you know, there's a, a lot of problems that come along with that. I think, but at the same time, it's really interesting too. And, and talking, you you mentioned like being relevant or, or being able to keep up with whatever's the, um, I guess that's going on in, in the current era. I guess, do you think that your adaptation to doing digital is is helped you significantly and kind of been a part of the solution for you as far as in your career and.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm, I don't know, always heavily been very, like, kind of production focused. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I've almost exclusively worked on, like, 3D animated projects. So there's always some sort of, like, tangible 3D asset somewhere. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's like, the sooner you can get into something that is in that same language... The people further down the line, they could go, okay, I get it. You know, the room is, you know, exactly 18 feet wide and 20 feet tall or something. Hmm. There's actual things that are tangible to them. Sure. And you can actually throw a camera or a lens on the camera and put it in there and see what it looks like and have that discussion. Yeah. Versus just being like, hey, it's a drawing or a painting. You we can sort of make it like this, but there are obviously some sort of cheats in here.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think that's definitely um, discovering that level of visual and helping tell that story or communicating that to other people is very important, obviously. I think if you don't have that, then people are lost. And when people are lost, especially on something as big as that, then you have a lot of confusion and waste of time and effort. Yeah. And I think that's important because like, as you say, and this is something that I remember reading and finding fascinating a long time ago was, um, it was, I think it was like in one of the art of Pixar's um, books, one of the maquette artists was talking about, you know, if you take this a beautiful drawing by one of these artists here with all this personality, it's really a challenging translation to do that into three dimensions, and that's why they use the maquette artist because mm-hmm. the maquette can capture that tangible thing that they could show the team and go like, "Look, this is Mister Incredible. Like, look at him. Like, he's this is when he's fat, and this is when he's all thin in the middle of the film. You know, like this is how his personality comes across in a three dimensional space. But the translation between those two worlds can be very, really challenging. You know? Yeah, totally. And it's almost unseen when you watch these things because. When you look at the art in the original, like the character art, for example, you go, Oh yeah, that makes total sense. Like they, you don't even think about how hard it must've been because they do such a good job of making it seamless, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's just like next level stuff though, I think so.
1: Oh yeah. Or I mean the characters, it's like, it's something that's, I, I think they actually spend the most amount of time on those assets. It's like the part of the movie where they're continually being refined and changed and you know, there's a little turn with the story, so they'll, that will kind of be rolled into it too. Yeah, but they spend so much time on those guys,
0: and I, I can tell that um, also people at DreamWorks as well. And this is something that I find interesting, and it's kind of good that I guess you are because you no longer work with them, or you, do you do you as well like freelance and stuff, or do they even allow freelancers?
1: Oh, um, I I haven't done anything for DreamWorks in a long time. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what type, I thought.
0: Yeah, yeah, because uh, was it like? Um, Big Hero 6 was a Disney movie, right?
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm at Disney right now.
0: Okay, cool. And so the last film that you did at DreamWorks was. Um, I'm trying to look for it. What was it?
1: I don't know. I, the last few things I worked on, um, one of them got canned.
0: Mm, that
1: sucks. Um, actually, no, two of them did.
0: <laughs> oh, <And> no. <laughs>
1: I'm trying to think what else, what the last thing I worked on might have been. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it probably was something like Kung Fu Panda 2. <laughs> Oh, like wow. it's probably goes way back because yeah I was on a bunch of um projects that didn't quite make it
0: that's always the worst too because I'm sure you probably put in a lot of work and you can't even show that ever so
1: yeah but yeah it happens
0: yeah oh you seem to be pretty nonchalant about it I, I don't know it happens enough <laughs> yeah I guess it hap- it does happen quite a bit it's a bit a disheartening kind of thing I think I love, I love showing the work that I do with my friends and just people in general. I just, I think a lot of the way that I create is for showing just for fun. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, Hey, what are you doing? Well, this is what I'm doing. And, um, do you, do you feel that same similarity or are you kind of on your own? Uh, it doesn't matter. And you're just kind of focusing on other things and like what, what gives you fulfillment?
1: I, I really like that. I mean, I'm really process driven Mm -hmm. and it's like, I'm slightly competitive. (laughs) I kind of, was more competitive. I'm trying to dial back on that, <laughs> but there's a few people where it's like, I'm interested in their process, how they do things, how they think. It's always nice to be like, look, I did this. And then yeah. I mean, we have a Dropbox where you throw things into and we look at and, you know, um, talk to each other about like what we're doing. Sure. And I mean, to me, there's like cool stuff about that. Just seeing people like that approach things completely differently.
0: Yeah. Cause we are completely different. I mean, there's some similarities, but every decision that you make is going to be completely different from what I do. And anybody that's even remotely close to your style, are they're going to be in a different space, you know, on the yeah. surface, some things might be similar, but deep down, there's no way you can create exactly the same image, you know? Yeah, there's a really cool beauty to that too, though. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, to me, I'm like, that's, it's, to me, it's like, okay, like what we're doing, there's like all these little subsets of what it means. Like part of it's like, okay, we're all pretty much guns for hire, yeah. but then also we're channeling something that, you know, someone else doesn't quite have.
0: Yeah. And what is that? And that's the funny and interesting thing too, though. I think the closer you can get to that too, almost the better that your outcome gets to be, you know, but then yeah. it's, it's a matter of channeling that, um, impossible almost or that weird, uh, obscure, like ether of creativity. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. To me, it's like, I was really heavy into that last year and it was kind of, I don't know. I feel like it was like too much. Like I just went all the way in, (laughs) Um, you know, it's like a, Hmm. Oh, no, I shouldn't
0: say that. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. It's fine. No, just,
1: no, I'm not going to say that. This is going to be on the Internet. <laughs>
0: no, it's fine. The Internet loves it. <laughs> no, no,
1: I'm not going to say it. It's
0: <laughs> <massive. laughs> yeah, I know. It's OK. I offend people all the time.
1: Um, uh, OK, so no, but I was. Um, yeah, I, I just like went all the way in. I went kind of too far. It was like I was fully immersed. I was on probably two or three projects all at the same time. Mm -hmm. Oh no, four. I was on working on four things simultaneously, all had different like kind of visual languages Mm. that I was trying to put together. Um, Two were things I already had come up with before. And then the other two were new things I was trying to develop and trying to make work. And I don't know. In some ways, it's like super schizophrenic. It's like you have four different parts of yourself that are all trying to be in there. (laughs) And then you're also trying to control when you let them out. Mm -hmm. And it was such a deep dive that that was like my whole life. I was doing like 18-hour days. I was Mm. living that. I mean, I loved it. I was really excited about all the work I was doing. Sure. And it, but it was just like, you know, it's not sustainable. It's not something that kind of
0: works well. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a long haul. So you got to be cautious, right? You know, when you do that, those kind of things, when you like you said, it's kind of a perfect example is when you go like deep into immersion, and you become multiple different types of personalities, almost, you know, mm-hmm. and it's kind of scary, like what comes out of that. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> and what you end up believing and what and you end up keeping and taking along the rest of the journey, you know. So I always find it really interesting for people, um, that have families and all that stuff have to juggle that lifestyle where they're expecting you to be this certain person every day because families love consistency, but then you are trying to be these multi personalities, you know, and really trying to live them. It's almost as if it's uh, like method actors, for example, some Mm. of the reason why those guys can produce such great scenes is because they really become that person. At least that's what they feel like that they're doing underneath the lens, you know, Mm -hmm. but we all resonate with that. And I think sometimes you can resonate that with that on other artists, too. You can tell that, wow, this guy really went deep into that world and he's pulling me in there by just me observing whatever that person was doing at that time through this piece of work. You know, Mm -hmm. I guess that's more of like a high level of taking things and it's very subjective because there's no way of knowing right unless you're like it's you like yourself you're telling me that you went into a deep journey you know of kind of exploring styles and d- diving into different kind of realities of your own I don't know characteristics I suppose you know mm-hmm. but I'm getting super deep sorry yeah
1: oh no worries I mean I think <laughs> it's like that's all like a. it's a personal journey it's a personal choice it's like you know like you just eat sleep and drink it's like whatever your project is it's kind of like you know when you're in school and you're crazy obsessed with something yeah or even i don't know i mean for me it was like it was a point of like me acting like i was still in school
0: yeah because that at um art center it's really intense place right
1: um yeah <clears throat> oh yeah that was that actually a thing that do you want to talk about
0: education go into that yeah let's talk a little bit about education your thoughts on it and kind of your experience that'd be great
1: yeah so art center is it it was yeah very i mean i was in the kind of um industrial industrial design side of things and um they're remarkably intense like um, i don't know i just remember it's like there you couldn't be late if you were late there were some teachers that locked the door there were some teachers that would just like do like be like hey you get double homework if you're late again you'll get like four times the amount of homework um, just like all sorts of things it was like kind of like art, like art design boot camp
0: yeah that's what that and, place is
1: and you would just like come out and you would be like ready to hit the ground um, for me like it was really awesome because it was like um i, I was actually i think i was the youngest person in um, my class and i wasn't actually that young i graduated i was uh, 23 i think and um i was like i think the next youngest person was like two years older than me hmm. and it was just like everyone had a degree or went to like actual college um you know like people were serious yeah people knew a lot it's very and, expensive
0: experience too so yeah i have to be ready
1: so going into that it's like the depth of what everyone knew was you know it was actually it was, it was a lot it was just like everyone was bringing a lot to the table yeah and for me that was really cool because it was this kind of experience of being with a lot of other people that are as dedicated as you are or even more so that are really educated and really smart that are um you know doing something similar and it i don't know it just reminds me of like every so often you see people talking about like navy seals or special forces and you see their training and they're like in the the water holding up a log walk like running around with it. And I was like, <laughs> Oh yeah, it's like, sure. It's not as extreme as that, but yeah. you know, it's like three, four o'clock in the morning, you're at school sanding some sort of silly thing. That's due like at eight that morning, <laughs> you go outside, you see the sunrise and you're like, Whoa, I mean, I don't feel like I'm inside my body anymore, but I'm going to get this done.
0: (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) That's the people that are really taking it seriously, too. And, you know, I think that's one thing that I've noticed and and heard from friends and people that have gone there is that they're really trying to prepare you for the realities of life.
1: Yeah. Because it's it's, the
0: same thing as when you're working in life, basically, uh, at a very high level is that it's just as intense, you know.
1: I mean, hopefully it never gets as bad as school was.
0: <laughs> yeah. Because yeah.
1: at least you make money now.
0: <laughs> well, you should be used to it by then, though. When you go into after that experience, you should be ready for it. And those things aren't as hard. And then you're willing and able to manage like how to sleep more and how to balance a life, you know. And oh, you're
1: still terrible at all those things.
0: Yeah, so. I was going to, I wanted to talk to you, but let's do that maybe once you kind of explain a little bit more about your experience there. But I'd love to talk okay. about your work life balance and stuff too. So that'd be oh. great. Okay.
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> or I lack think thereof. <laughs> the thing that's great about Art Center is like it gives you a very solid design grounding. It's like mm-hmm. the whole program, it's very much like, for me, it's like you were given the skill set to solve most problems mm-hmm. without. I mean, you know uh, generally enough about most things, generally. So it's like you're going to probably brute force your way through solving the problem. And it might not be exactly 100% perfect, but you will finish it somehow, someday. Sure. And um, to me, it's like that's something that I, I don't know, I think is really valuable about it. Um, Also, it's like you're kind of, I guess it's both kind of a double-edged sword. It's like you come out and you're designed to be kind of um, some sort of like manager leadership type person like yeah. you're meant to be like an art director or something
0: yeah or you're well because you're already kind of in a, in a high level of the way you think and how you uh problem solve and how you know the depths of your actions and how to get deeper into that and try to you know solve things you know because you're already yeah. geared for it right problem solving
1: yeah i think it's like because they they kind of i don't know bring you to the right spot or not the right spot, but they bring you to kind of the spot where you kind of are tr- making those decisions in school and you're kind of like having to defend them. You're having to push through them and kind of make it happen. Mm-hmm. So then if the moment where you're like, wait, I don't have, I'm not responsible for that anymore. And then you're just like start becoming, cr- or for me, I became crazy obsessive about like the projects I was getting. I was like crazy about props. I'd be like, okay, so this is the reason why it's like this. Like mm-hmm. um, out of the first few movies I worked on, the props would like all the things I designed would theoretically work. <laughs> like, I engineered out parts of it. I was like, "Hey, so this is how it would work here," and then this would turn and. <laughs> that's yeah, good. That, it was, that's
0: good that you can think beyond beyond just the surface, though, wouldn't you say?
1: It it's both good and bad. It was kind of excessive. Sure, but um, most
0: most artists are though.
1: I I find it entertaining. It personally entertains me. Sure. But
0: yeah, (laughs) well, probably this is just the way that you're designed as a creative, though, right?
1: Yeah, I think it's like I come from a very like grounded, um, I don't know, methodical, logical place. Like I'm very process driven.
0: Yeah, as you mentioned, and I think that's a really interesting way of looking at it, too. I mean, some artists are completely opposite, but some some are, you know, they're they're really focused on what the things that they're doing in the process of it. And get falling in love with that process mm-hmm. and really letting that be the, the journey rather than just the obscurity of it, you know. I personally, yeah. I'm the same way. I, I enjoy that. But at the same time, I enjoy other parts of it. Sometimes the process, I really hate it, you know. Yeah. Like, damn, this really fucking sucks, you know. Like, I hate how long this is taking, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I mean, nice I get example. It's
1: like this it, <laughs> process is always, it, it's rigid. Yeah. And so then there's like not a like I I try to build in spaces where there's like room to improvise or Mm. to like um, go against it in some ways, because it's like for me, it's like whenever I stay very by the book, I always end up in a very like kind of I don't know is it seems technically correct, but it's no fun.
0: Yeah, it isn't because it takes the life out of it. Yeah. Spontaneity is a very important part of creativity, I think.
1: Yeah, it's to like balance the two out because it's like if you're always just like waiting and you're just like, okay, I'm going to improvise and I'm going to fly by the seat of my pants, then you might end up with the great things like a certain percentage of the time, but you need to deliver all the time.
0: Yeah, and that's the interesting thing about being a professional on a a high level, you know, is you have to like that. Like you said, it's like it's when it's when to hit the gas and when to hit the brakes on these different things. And I think that's what defines one of the main characteristics that defines a high-level professional in this art, art, in an art career is when to turn it on and turn it off. And as a production designer or artist or whatever, you know, because there has to be moments of spontaneity because you have to create original content. But then there also has to be moments of process that are very rigid, you know, because mm-hmm. if you don't have those things, do you know in your mind when you create things, are you flipping between these switches or is it, has it become more of a natural like kind of song and dance thing where you're just kind of living through it and kind of experiencing as a, as as it goes or what's Um, what's the average process like for you when it comes to like, let's say doing an illustration on a production for a film.
1: So is it more design related or is it more just like illustration related, like moment kind of thing?
0: Um, Okay. Yeah. Let's make a scenario. Let's break that down. That'd probably help a lot. Uh, Let's say, I'm not sure how you work on these things. Do they give you like a script or a scene or a beat? And then you have to articulate that visually and kind of get the first pass. Is that, how's that, is that scenario?
1: Yeah. I think that could work. Yeah. So it's like, I could read the script and I can ask a bunch of questions to the director. Mm -hmm. Um, Usually I try to figure out like how it fits into the overall scheme of things. Sure. Like I try to really simply go, okay, what is the movie about? And it's like, if, I can't get them to tell me what it's about. Then I go, okay, do you think it's about this? Do you think it's about, you know, the growth of this boy into a man? Is it about, you know, like as simple as you can kind of make whatever the idea is of the whole movie and how whatever it is you're doing fits into that. Um, I do a ton of research, a ton of reading. Um, I don't know. I obsessively buy books for projects I work on.
0: (laughs) Me too. Yeah. So then, it what is like, the what is the the, pos- the possession of books that helps you in your process?
1: Um, for me, it's like it's trying to find certain specific pieces of information. So, like recently, um, I've been on this really big kick of um, directors that build sets. Hmm. So it's like I bought a bunch of books of like Hitchcock and sets that they designed, they built, and how they they filmed hmm. in them. Yeah, um, a lot of Wes Anderson
0: books, oh, like there's really a few. Yeah. And it's just, Do you have his art book? I think it's what I have that on my shelf. Which one? Uh, Wes Anderson. I think it's the Wes Anderson collection. That's the one I have. Oh,
1: yeah. Those are amazing.
0: So nuts. And then the fantastic Mr. Fox one is really amazing. Yeah. Too. That one is
1: great. That one was oh, a guy. pain in the butt to track down.
0: <laughs> yeah. I got that. So it's it's a matter of, of seeking out that little tidbits of information, like you said. So you're diving deeper into trying to yeah. discover that. Is it is, is there a path where. Um, you can't find it on the internet and you're seeking out tangible things or is it because you come from like the area era like me where you like physical books because I love books personally I
1: I love books I'm kind of overrunning with books um, <laughs> I try not to buy them if it's something I can get off the internet yeah Um, but it, I really do like them and if it's something I that's special mm-hmm. or I don't know I feel like I would like something I would want to keep and hold on to, then I'll buy it.
0: Yeah. you have a big, a, a large book collection then?
1: Yeah. Right now <laughs> I have, I'm, because right now I'm in my living room and I'm looking at two giant bookcases, like giant, like Ikea.
0: Yeah. Are they five by five? Yeah. I have, I have two one full. Oh, okay. You have two of them. Oh, two of God. those
1: are full. My dining room is now, do- it just has books on the ground. I mean, <laughs> those are books I'm going to donate away. And then my studio has like three um, I think there are three other like kind of normal looking bookcases full of books.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. You have a lot of books. It's going to really suck when you move.
1: I know. That's why I'm trying to get rid of books. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I just moved to a new house and just my five, um, box, mm-hmm. uh, I have one of those and I also have like a one, two, three, one, one. That's two, four, six. Eight eight cubbies, an Ikea one with eight cubbies. Those are completely packed. So there's the five by five and the eight on top of that. Um, It's it was a fucking nightmare to move that shit because <laughs> oh, yeah. you can't peg it too tight. You can't peg it too heavy because you yeah. can't carry it. And books are heavy as shit. But yeah. um, I remember I went a little insane because I was like, man, when I was packing them up, I'm like, who the hell bought all these fucking books? man? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious to see how that goes for you. So <laughs> Yeah. I'm
1: pruning. I'm trying to get rid of all my fiction books. Oh, okay. Because I have a bunch of those. So I'm just like,
0: I started, those are the lightest ones though.
1: <laughs> that's true but i mean th- then you're just like why why do i have this i, I read sure. it yeah it's like
0: it's almost yeah. like we need to get a library card for those kind of things yeah and then because a, a lot of the books i possess are, are art based and they're the obscure weird things that i get at comic cons or when i go oh, to different yeah. countries you know Like when I went to Japan, it was my friends were making fun of me. I was like, yeah, I'm a grown man and I'm in Japan and I have a fucking suitcase packed with like anime books and like random, obscure, epic books like you could never get here. Um, I just was like, I don't care how heavy this is. I'm bringing this home, like all these weird or rare Otomo things and nice just all this nuts, nutty, crazy things that I should not have been carrying around, but they're laughing at me. You know, I had a bunch of toys too (laughs) because I just couldn't. I was the first time I went to Japan. I was like, man, this is the motherland of the the epic shit. Like I need to get all this stuff and bring it home. And now it's at home. uh, I just look at it and like, oh yeah, I have a whole like cubby. It's just it's just all it is. I can't even read the titles. It's all like kanji and yitakana, katakana stuff. (laughs) But I'm like, that's the cool Japanese trip right there. (laughs) It was such a bitch to bring it back. But I love that tangible thing. It's so, I don't know, it's significant. And I think I'm the same way as you as I'm buying these things to connect with other minds and artists because I'm seeking that information in some form, whether it's written or it's expressed in line. But back to your process, I'm sorry, tangent on the book oh, thing. No I love books. And that was one of my questions yeah. for you. Cause I noticed on your, on your Tumblr, your blog, you mention and share a lot of your book influences and we'll dig into that too. So,
1: okay. Or, but I mean, it's, yeah. So it's like, I go through books, a lot of research, a lot of reading, um, collecting things. Um, I don't know. It's funny. It's like, I started using Pinterest a lot for this.
0: Yeah. That's an um, interesting tool. What's your thoughts yeah. on Pinterest?
1: I mean, I kind of like it because um, I don't know, it seems like enough other people are using it for similar things. So then you can find curated boards of by people that have similar taste to you or something that you're looking for.
0: Do you think that it takes away some of the spontaneity of discovery? By That's doing true.
1: That? There is a degree of that. and the, But there's also the part where it's there's some sort of like discovery of like you can find something on there. And it will recommend other things. Go, hey, you know, this exists in all these other boards, or um, this is a related image. Like people that like this helicopter also like this.
0: Sure, totally. And, and it, it's, it's a discovery that way. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, I end up with, because I have a lot of weird, weird boards that I like, <laughs> or I follow, or I've made. Like right. there's like ones where it's like just like 3D patterns. Mm, I don't even cool. know how I found it. It's like, it'll, I, but it's like I started, I found one where someone was doing that and then I started building off of that. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, you know, just random stuff or like weird design details. Like I'm for some reason I'm into like fasteners, like screws and bolts and stuff.
0: Well, yeah. Cause you're into how things work.
1: Yeah. Or yeah. I just, I just like looking at it. It just, it, I don't know. To me, it's like, it's like a, beautiful thing it's like you see like a car like a race car or something oh it is you see how it's all put together it's
0: fucking epic yeah
1: but <laughs> you look at like a like cell phones cell phones are freaking amazing now
0: yeah pretty and outstanding it's 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 hard to believe what we have I, was, I my wife and was like hey can you pass me my phone and i threw it towards her like maybe 20 feet away mm-hmm. she caught it thankfully. We had carpet, so it was okay. Oh. But <laughs> but I was thinking to myself as, after she left the room, I'm like, man, I just threw a computer that was a supercomputer like 20 years ago through okay, a room. Totally. You know, it's like, that's fucking nuts. Like the accomplishment, that level, you know, it's pretty nuts.
1: Yeah. It's better than what they had in Star Trek. <laughs> any
0: of them. Yeah. All of them. Well, we don't have the particle teleporter thing, whatever. Oh, what, that's what, true. The, yeah. What is that thing called? I never really watched that show.
1: Or I mean, I think that's that's a bad idea, though, because that's like it's like a like a fax machine, a human fax machine.
0: Yeah, that is a very bad idea. I was thinking about that pretty heavily the other day in my garage. I was thinking to myself, well, if I because I was like, really, I would really like to be done with this move. And I'm like, it would be great to move myself in time. But I was thinking to myself, but where would I put myself? And what if I move something in a room and I didn't and I put myself there, but I didn't realize that thing was there? And I was thinking to myself like how hard it would be to figure out how to move my more like my molecules and particles mm-hmm. through time. <laughs> this you'd is the conversation I was having with myself. You like
1: part of whatever the thing is that you like, exactly. merged into. Yeah. You'd be the you fly. you have to murder your old self too. Otherwise it would be two of you.
0: Yeah. You would have the whole you. So you basically you'd have uh, the fly mixed with um, what's that fucking movie. Um, God. Yeah. I'm trying to think of that movie. It's that independent film that i love so much not looper but it was a. Uh, oh i can't um, think of the name of that my brain is fucking done um man was it the one where it was like they were in the it was like the storage yeah that one container yeah,
1: yeah. or something it was um was it Primer.
0: Primer. Primer, That's it. Man, I was on the tip of my tongue. Thank you. Yeah, it was like, so like primer, you'd have to kill yourself. But yeah, but these are the thoughts that I'm having at like three o'clock in the morning, like going through stuff in my garage. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, I couldn't move that through here. And that would be interesting if I had to do that. And how would they do that? And but at the same time, um, I'm not sure if you feel the same way, but that's how those ideas start. And that's how things manifest into reality. Like question. And the decision to dive into what that question leads to and how to solve that. And like when I was throwing the supercomputer across the room casually and we didn't really think about it. It's like the amount of decisions and people's lives and experience it took just to make that thing exist in this world it's pretty amazing now I'm just throwing it around nonchalantly like yeah fuck it <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's get it's kind of ironic you know these brilliant things and how they're used now and just the the technology itself is pretty outstanding so
1: yeah or I mean it's crazy to think about it and go you know what's going to happen when you know like 5, 10, 20 years from now because it's like you it's weird to go and see like I, th- I was at the DMV the other day and I saw a bunch of like like pretty old people and they're all on their phones. Everyone's on their phone. Yeah. Everybody staring at it thing. And I was like, this is really weird. It is weird. It, it, it's finally like turned over where everyone has that. Everyone has like a smartphone. They don't, it's not like a little flip phone. Nope. And those weren't even good. Yeah. But it's just crazy. It's weird that it's uh, like gone through all of society and they're like using it. They're not, necessarily like always awesome at it but you're like that's weird <laughs> what is going to be the weird thing where you're like 20 years from now would be like oh what is this what why am I doing
0: <laughs> yeah it is really weird you know I've been really conscious of when I use my cell phone when I'm that guy with my head turned down towards my chest and the phone out and just kind of like Ugh. I've been trying to be cautious of that when I'm using it in public because I find it weird when I I can because I can sit back and watch as people watching just go like, wow, that's interesting. That person is just completely enveloped in themselves in a public area, um, not a care about anything around them. And it's kind of like a society of zombies in a weird way. Um, And I'm a part of it. Obviously, I do it, too. Um, I just try to be very choosy about when i do it because i don't want to be the typical person you know if if i'm with like say my daughter or something and she's doing something rad like that stuff needs to go away so i can focus on actually living a physical life the irony of humanity it feels is that we're trying to mimic nature but nature it's like oh it's 3d and 4k resolution it's like well it's still not nearly as good as reality yeah not even close (laughs) like not even in the same realm you know? Yeah,
1: all that stuff. It seems like it's some way of like trying people trying to connect to each other. Yes, it's but it's like actually it's weird because you're like, wait, there are people around you pretty yes. much all the time.
0: Yeah, but I, so the 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 thing that I think is interesting psychologically is you hit it on the head. People are trying to communicate with one another, but they're trying to communicate in their own way. Yeah, and they're not necessarily wanting to have a conversation with you or me at the DMV because they probably have pre no- preconceived notions that we're creeps or whatever, you know, so they're willing to just go on Facebook and look at, Cats or whatever the fuck yeah. they're going to do on Like
1: I, I, I like your photo of your cat.
0: Like, boom, boom. Yeah. One, I could touch the screen once. It's a stimulus thing. It's designed like it's in total addiction, though. It's, yeah. But it's a really weird widespread addiction that's just taking over like crazy. I find it really fascinating, though, and weird, too. And the thing I think in the future that's going to be weird is VR and AR. That's going to oh, be the next yeah. big weird thing. Yeah, really kind of weird weird stuff you know and you know we're getting old when we look at stuff like that you know that's only like an older person's perspective to be like who's old these young kids uh, what the fuck it feels like everything is just starts off and you're like oh it's always porn
1: and games yeah yeah and you're like no there's so much other stuff you can do with that yes
0: teaching educating like enlightening people's minds expanding upon different things imagine if you could consume Um, The information that you're after, say like when you're doing your process of building out something, we'll get back to that too, I promise, but building out (laughs) a scenario and you're seeking information, but imagine being able to do that. You're sitting in the room with director and you're talking about a script and you're able to just build something augmentedly or like find a reference and then pass it into their mind and kind of, it's almost telepathically, you know, and and expanding upon. But at the end of it, what we must decide is, is this helping the end product? You know, Mm -hmm. is this design in this effort in this communication enforcing a better experience not only for us but for what it is that we're doing and as far as making a film is is designing for a customer you know Mm -hmm. an obscure customer that you don't know really who they are until they go and watch the film and decide whether they like it or not you know Mm -hmm. which is fucked in, in its own right too so. <laughs> totally <laughs> fucked uh but sorry so you go and do some research and you're really into books and stuff so you get really yeah. dive dive deep into that okay um
1: i don't know I and then i go into the it, it looks like i'm doing nothing so i usually walk around and drink a lot of coffee and <laughs> you know like it just i'm just thinking about it i'm like one of those like i Because it's like, it's never about like, or for me, it's no longer fully about execution. It's just finding the idea that actually works or a number of ideas that work.
0: Yeah, that's high level.
1: It's not high level. It's just, I'm a procrastinator.
0: (laughs) I think that there's something really special about that though. Instead of jumping in gung-ho right away, I think that's a, that's an amateur perspective. You know, I'm going to solve this with brute force. Yeah. That's that approach, I think.
1: I I just enjoy thinking about it. There's something about it where it's like you go and you can sit outside, drink a coffee and just like stare at nothing and kind of get (laughs) lost in something. You'd be like, oh, you know, what would be cool to see? What would I what would work really well for this? How would this fit together?
0: Yep, that's important, man. It's super important.
1: I mean, it's hard to find time to do that all the time. I mean, a lot of times it's more the, okay, um, I did my research. Now I have to just jump in and make something.
0: Yeah, of course. Because you have to have something to show at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also good as well. But at the same time, I think thinking is incredibly important and often overlooked. And I think it's odd and sad actually too. Because when you think and you problem solve in your head, you can do let's say if you really can focus on your thinking process and Mm -hmm. you have a, let's say you have one big problem and let's just call it a problem. Like the director has this thing that you need to draw and he's like, I want this to be original. It's never been seen before. This film has to be unique. And you're like, well, fuck, you know, like I got to go solve this instead of going right into just kind of like allowing just to work on it, Mm -hmm. thinking about something and actually using your mind. You can actually save yourself tons of time. Let's say it's almost like the Abraham Lincoln's thing with the, the axe. You know, like mm-hmm. give me eight hours or whatever to chop down a tree and I'll sharpen it for like sharpen my axe for seven hours or some bull crap like that. I totally butchered his saying, <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's the idea of preparation and thinking and getting your mind ready for it and solving it in your head. Because if you can sit there and really focus on solving it in your mind, I firmly believe that. The execution will come so quickly because you're going to see it clear as day and vision in, in your mind. And that thing was so unique because other people won't ever see that in your mind because you're, it's an individual, special thing. Yeah. You
1: know? Yeah, and I don't know. For me, it's like that's at a certain point you're no longer fighting against actually executing. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. It's it's kind of a weird kind of place to find something. Yeah. But um,
0: in the ether. Yeah, and that's what we talked about. That was kind of like the original conversation question. Sorry, it was like discussing when to push on the execution and when to allow the ether of just thought and kind of your randomness happen. We're using a case study. So so you'll go and sit and drink some coffee and look at nothing and think about it. And how long do you usually give yourself on those and on, like, say, a given situation?
1: Oh, it depends how much how complicated the problem is. Sure. Like how, how complicated it is to execute i guess Mm -hmm. it's like kind of a working backwards sort of thing so i'm like oh okay if it's one thing i think it will take x amount of time um usually it always takes more (laughs) but um yeah usually i work backwards from when i need to show when i need to do something by um i don't know i mean sometimes it's like i get a day to just bum around sometimes i get longer sometimes i get you know like a few hours um -hmm. I don't know. To me, it's like I like having that perspective on something. Hmm. It's harder for me to just come up with something because then I'll just make something super derivative.
0: Yeah. And that's what I've noticed a lot in people's work is when they're just going in and making something quickly, you can tell and it is derivative because they didn't give themselves chance to really take a moment and break. Anytime that I have derivative work, too, I go, fuck, this is the same shit as I did on that thing. Yeah, And it's only the only reason that it is like that is because I didn't allow myself time to think and mm-hmm. it didn't, didn't allow myself time to really digest this thing properly. Yeah.
1: yeah, I think it's also kind of like for me, it feels like the nature of like how easy it is to iterate in the tools that we have now.
0: Yeah, because
1: you can get so much closer to a final product that, <laughs> that people are so I don't know. They want to see what it's going to look like in the final iteration. Yeah. They'll want to nudge something over. They want to do something like little changes that don't actually affect the overall idea. Yeah. But are possible now.
0: Yeah. And that's a, that's another really interesting thing. Because you could, if you are a beast, you could you could basically talk to the director, find the solution in your head and then go and make it in 3d and light it and set it up and rig it and put it together. And it'd be like, well, this is kind of like a frame from the final film. Here you go. Yeah. And there's like, Oh, this is what I need because this is exactly what I'm after. But I mean, there's another argument against that is I really am fascinated and love, let's say like, um, it was, I think his name's Ramiro. He's an artist at Pixar or was, okay. I'm not sure. Do you know who I'm talking about? Um,
1: no, I'm not sure.
0: Uh, I think he might have did some stuff for Kung Fu Panda too, like the, the character oh, okay. design for basically, I think that's one of the things he did for that. I think I'm, I'm I'm messing up my words and my names, but anyways, that guy, the way that that person creates is is so loose and has so much personality and style, very similar to the work that I think that you're creating, which just has a ton of life and personality. But if you don't go through that stage and you go directly all the way to the end, it's there's something that gets missed in in between those two things. I think you know, yeah. Like, like Mary Blair's work, for example, like totally filled with life, and there's a lot of really great things that are happening with with her work. And the way that that translates to Alice in Wonderland, for example, is the, her soul is captured in that film. Like the soul of her art in that yeah. process and doing that is really special and it's part of that. But I think that there's something really unique and special about those different stages basically you know yeah and i think high level creatives know that and they're they like to let the ether kind of roam so that they can kind of pull random bits out of it you know do you hear my cat it's okay it's not that loud oh, okay he's he partying out he's like yeah bitches podcast yeah <laughs> it's time
1: to be a cat and fuck it up like, without me how <laughs> <this> is this happening
0: <laughs> yeah this isn't right that's <laughs> no, all good dude yeah. But I don't know. I think I, I find that to be interesting. And I wanted to have a conversation with you about that, because it seems um, when I look at your style, I f- I'm trying to figure out not just the end product, obviously, but your process of getting there and your thought process. Of that,
1: I'm how, how you all do over the place. I mean, to me, it's just kind of the it will get done somehow. There'll be like some. <laughs> it'll be like brute. Like I always want to do it in the kind of most elegant way possible. Sure. Which is the, Hey, you know, it'll like the idea will show up and it'll be brilliant. And all I will have to do is like pluck it out of my head. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But sometimes that doesn't work or sometimes you do that and you're like so excited about it. And you know, the director hates it. (laughs) Yeah. And so then you're like, okay, I, this is not the thing for you. We need to figure out what it is, like what you want.
0: Yeah. How is that feeling for you and how do you overcome that? Cuz that's a that's a challenging one. We um, all we all say you shouldn't fall in love with your art, but that's a fucking weird thing to do because you should love what you do at the same yeah. time. Like it's like when to turn that off and on. It's like a weird yeah. abusive relationship, you know.
1: I think you should be excited about whatever you're doing. Whatever the solution is that you yeah. like. Yeah. I mean, you have to not be okay with them telling you no. That's not right. Yeah. But I mean, sure, that's going to hurt because you're excited about it. Yeah, you're like this is great. You're really invested. Um, but I, it, for me, it's like once that happens, then I go into this. I don't know if it's good or bad. It it might be a little bits of both. But it's like then suddenly I go back and I go into a lot of different directions all at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's basically just a scattershot of like, okay, obviously whatever I wanted to do is not right. I don't actually know where you really want to do. Or what direction you actually want to go in, possibly. Yeah. So then I'm like, here are a lot of different directions. I mean, it could be through reference, and I'm trying to narrow reference down. It could be through art and reference. It could be just through art. But it'll be, like, super rough, and it'll be super different.
0: Yeah. And then just going through that that kind of transition and discovering that, and then and then at that moment, when you go back to them and kind of go, well, this is kind of what I found randomly it is usually in that case. Do you do they kind? Of, are you getting closer to what they're after?
1: Um, it really depends on That's whoever yeah. it is. Um, some people it does. Some people it doesn't. Um, I don't know. For me, it's like I there's all sorts of people that like how they think. Sometimes it's just like, hey, I saw this thing when i was driving into work and it's amazing and it would be perfect for this and there's no way that you would ever guess whatever it was sure like you'd be like oh you want it to look like you know the guy from bob's big boy i mean i did not think about that
0: because that's (laughs)
1: not a thing i see or think
0: about sure sure yeah
1: and there's other people where you can build up the whole house together with them brick by brick by being like look hey so i brought in this reference and they'll be like oh i like this one
0: And then you'll be like,
1: okay, what do you like about it? Do you like the color? Do you like the shape? Do you just like the photograph? (laughs) You know, like there's just, and you can start kind of figuring out what they like and kind of piece it together with them.
0: Sure. What do you prefer more? Do you prefer the brick house method, building it together, kind of, or the other way, the ether kind of randomness?
1: Oh no, I don't like the randomness. Me neither. Me
0: Me too. Yeah, same. Because I mean, my goal is when I collaborate with, say, a director is to please everybody and just to do what I need to do. And the closer I can get to it, the happier I am, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. The, I mean, for me, it's like the more logical they are, the more you can get into their head and you can start being like, okay, I have an idea of who you are and what you like. Mm-hmm. Like if it wasn't me designing something and I had to go and I don't know, buy furniture for a room in your house, I can make a reasonable guess of yeah. what you might like or buy you a shirt or something. It's <laughs> just like, You know, but it's like once you kind of get to me, it's like all about taste. Once you can understand their taste, then you go, okay, you live in this world of these things. And these are things that, you know, I can collect for you. I can curate your world.
0: Yeah. Discover that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a, I think being able to do that, I feel like it's more fulfilling, wouldn't you say? And it's a, it's almost allowing you to be who you are and kind of discovering that along the journey with them and helping yeah. them realize what they want as well. And it's kind of like the weird symbiotic relationship that I find yeah, fascinating.
1: Yeah, I, I like it because it's like you kind of can be like friends. Yeah. like Or you are friends in some sort of way. Sure. Because yeah. Because you have this understanding about them and they have some sort of understanding about you. Yeah. And then you kind of, you know... It, it kind of is a back and forth
0: yeah and that's usually the best outcome i think do you think feel that yields the best out of you and the experience and along with that comes a better product
1: i think so because it allows you to kind of have fun it's yes. collaborative like you're working together towards something it's like you're less of their underling yeah and more of just someone that's like oh hey i'm trying to help you with this problem you have
0: yeah yeah and i think that's usually yields from my experience usually yields a better a better product because there's a, just things get done faster and in a better energy yeah. really and it's not just on like a hippie it's just that's really what it becomes down to i think you know yeah
1: i think it's like in the end for me it's like you can work on something that's really awesome but if everyone hates each other
0: No one's
1: going to care if you won the Oscar at the end. You'll still hate each other. You won't want to go back and work with them again if there's like another, the sequel or something. Yeah. You just be like, no, I don't really like you guys.
0: Yeah. And that's a bad situation to be, especially um, for creative, you know, I mean, you, you, I, I find the creative experience to be very, sometimes very personal and really trying to, it's hard to separate those two things, but when when you're really vibing with it and enjoying that experience it's really it's really easy to get completely immersed with your personality and the things that you love and are interested Mm -hmm. in you know but those are the moments that are really memorable and are really special about what we do i think you know
1: yeah
0: (laughs) yeah capturing that i think
1: for me it's like um like last year it's like i got to kind of um like lead a team or two teams awesome a bit of this year and so that was the, the point of like where i ended up where i was like oh i i mean i felt like i'm like i don't really have anything to prove i'm not the best at everything or best at probably anything i'm just like oh, you know you guys like i want to have a good time with you guys That yeah. was pretty much the whole thing it's like i can't control the whole outcome of how this turns out i can't be like we're going to win an oscar this is going to be the best thing ever sure all i can control is like we can be happy. I can try to protect you from political nonsense and, you know, let's just have a good time.
0: Yeah. Let's create and make, make great work that we're proud of, you know? Yeah. So how do, what, what are some of the things that you've learned? Cause now it sound like, so that experience is kind of like a leader, right? Um, communicator. Yeah, I,
1: I think it's, I don't know. There's a bunch of stuff that happened. I think it's like, I'm very protective of, my crew mm-hmm. which is both good and bad i guess <laughs> um because i i didn't really think far enough ahead and be like oh i'm not just like you know because i thought about it as more of us, like i was one of you once
0: sure of course. and
1: i'm going to prevent you from being in this weird situation that has happened to me and us before
0: but do you think that's part of what makes you you
1: um yeah but i mean i think it's like i don't know there's a little like degree of uncompromising about that where i'm just like i don't know do you want to fire me like (laughs) yeah come on i dare you to
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah what i'm what i also saying is that it's like you know when you're a parent and you had a rough childhood Mm -hmm. most parents will spoil their kids so they don't have to go through that but i think that actually is 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 an error almost you know it's like Mm -hmm. you gotta let your kids suffer a little bit you gotta let them go through those hard times because life isn't always easy and i think that's the cool thing about art center for example is like they do a great job from what i understand of getting you ready for what the realities of life are which is relentless you know Mm -hmm. insanity you know because real life at a very high level is very insane very high pace you know like the yeah you know if you you're in school and you don't do your project oh you're not going to pass the class you go you go and work and you don't do the work or at the high level you're fired you know and then who's going to pay your bills reality is going to set in pretty heavily you know but you're trying to protect people i'm the same way too so that's i just find that interesting Mm -hmm. too because i'm like i don't want you to go through the same crap as i did you know so i'm going to protect you from that but at the same time part of me is like maybe you should a little bit go through a little bit of this stuff just so you're ready and then you can become Mm -hmm. a leader yourself you know
1: Yeah. I think for me, it's like, it goes, it boils down to like, okay, I had a bunch of people I didn't enjoy working with. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to be that guy for you. Yeah. It's like, it's that degree of like, you know, I, you have to be fair, but you don't like what you said. It's like, you don't want to coddle them. You don't want to make them soft and just have them be like, Hey, I'm going to show up at three o'clock and I need to leave early at five. (laughs) You know, like you want, you, you, you need to make them responsible for themselves. Okay. Like that's basically what I did. It's like, you're, you're all grown ups. I'm going to treat you like you're adults. Yeah. Um, if you have stuff to do, do your stuff. Um, I'm going to give you your assignment. And it's like, in the beginning, I'll be like, I'm going to pay more attention to what you're doing until you, I kind of have an understanding of what you're going to produce. So we'll be on the same page. Yeah. But you know, when your deadline is, you know, when I'm going to come around and see what you're working on. Just, you know, be there at those times, get your stuff done and don't get in trouble. And that's it.
0: Yeah. It was like pretty the, simple, but yeah, yeah, people can still fuck that up. So or I'm just like,
1: you know, I'm just like, it's pretty much like freelance. You're doing freelance. I don't care what you do on the other rest of the time. Just get stuff done.
0: Yeah. Deliver. Yeah. And that's usually that should be the key because who, who cares how you do it? If, if, if you give a task and it takes one person 20 hours to do it, but the other person could do it in two, as long as they're delivering, who gives a fuck, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's like, if you need to go sit outside, go sit outside. If you know need to go smoke some weed to do it, do that. I mean,
0: who cares? Sure. Yeah. Whatever you want, whatever works, whatever yeah. gets the thing going. So yeah. yeah I'm, as I'm, long I'm as it simple. doesn't
1: involve me in any sort of bad way. I mean, it's fine.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hopefully that's the case, right? <laughs> <laughs> We should. T- I would love to talk a little bit about um, your work on konku Panda because I, I have. There's a couple of guilty pleasure films, and that's one of them. I just love the shit out of those films. Oh yeah, those. those they're guys so much are awesome. fun. They're so much fun, and um, I feel like really nailed it with those films. You know, those and Shrek obviously too. Mm-hmm. Um, just just nailed it. It's just so much fun. I actually had a chance to meet the director. Um, she was really cool, just briefly, but she was really rad. Oh, yeah. How's it working with her?
1: Oh, I really liked working with her. She was really fun. Um, and also it's just she's really mellow and really kind of it, it was nice to have a director that was very like kind of decisive.
0: That's great. And, well that's uh, all it is, decision making, really. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And um that was I don't know, it was it was fun, it was very collaborative. Um, I mean on that project it was really great because um so let's see, the art director, what's his name? Tang Heng. Mm-hmm. Um so before that, um, working with him, I had done mostly props at DreamWorks. And he basically was like, oh, hey, do you want to do more? Do you want to, you know, do all this other stuff? And he brought me on and he like pushed me like crazy because he, I would just do something. He's like, that's not good enough. You need to you need to work harder. Or he would, but he was like, it was nice because it was like um, there was a lot of pressure, but he was also helping me a lot to get to where I needed to go. That's cool. And for me, it's like, he, like I worked for him, um, right before I left DreamWorks and on a project that didn't quite make it, but it's like on both of those, he pushed me a lot because the first time I was like, I just want to be like, you know, do environments, do like color keys, get better at painting. And he really made that happen through being kind of, um, I don't know, uh, it's like kind of the tough
0: parent approach. <laughs> yeah, like a mentor sounding. Huh? Yeah, that's cool. But it was
1: good because it wasn't just like, a, oh, you're doing so good. It's like, oh, that's good. But you also need to work on this.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Did he give you specific like, OK, like this is great, but use this as a reference to get that and use this as an yeah, example? I mean-
1: he was really good at pushing because it's like, for me, it's like, sometimes I would just be like, Oh, this is just good enough. Yeah. Like, what, what is this?
0: Yeah, that's cool. It's interesting to have that. Do you feel like when he was pushing you that you were finally seeing a different way of like reality, his own reality, I suppose? Is that kind um, of?
1: Kind of. I think it was good for me because it just really, I don't know. It took me to a different place. It's like, I needed that push. I needed to be challenged. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, even the second time, the second time I was like, you know, I think I want to be an art director one day. So he's like, okay, well here do all of this stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: All of this in a very small amount of time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But then it's amazing what you can produce in a small amount of time with the right mindset, isn't it?
1: Yeah. And I think it's like doing that in little concentrated pieces. It really turns down the volume on other things that are going on. Yes. So, so then you're like, oh, it's not so hard to do this work anymore. I can do this crazy thing. like, yeah. And I know how long it takes.
0: And I think the, you know, if you were to look back at it, like you wouldn't be the artist that you are today without him pushing you, you know?
1: Uh, yeah, for sure.
0: And it almost goes to say that, and I'm the same way is that we aren't the artists that we are without the people around us, you know? Yeah, totally. Because I'm very influenced by um, other artists, obviously, and I could tell that you are as well. I think even on your blog, I remember seeing something like a inspiration board where you had like Paul Rand oh, and yeah. Mobius and all these different artists, which leads me to the next question I thought would be interesting to talk about is your artistic influences and, um, like who's some are, you, who are a few of your big, um, art artistic heroes.
1: Um, I have really weird artistic heroes. Yeah. Um, let's see right now, like off the top of my head. um, Let's see. Uh, I think it's Raymond Loewy. Raymond um, Loewy. So he's he was a industrial designer, but he did like a lot of the big things of the last century. Um, if I remember right, he designed um, I don't know what do you call it the like kind of markings of Air Force One. Um, he did like a stamp. I think he did the Coca Cola logo hmm. like, or the Coca Cola bottle, something like that. Um, he he just like did everything. He designed a bunch of fa- really famous cars. Um, but he was just kind like of like a prolific guy, huh? Yeah, like a design force.
0: Hmm. Um, it's crazy that these guys. I didn't even know who this person was, but I know of, of his work. It's crazy that how many artists prior and in the future there are going to be that are just crushing. You know? Yeah.
1: Like I like him because he was just like all over the place. Like I liked a lot of those kind of guys where it's like they weren't defined by just being in one mm. industry or doing one thing. Yeah. And jack-of-all-trades. Yeah, and I mean,
0: do you resonate with that?
1: I I like it because part of me is like I wish I could do more of that or sure. I could like there was a, like an actual job of that because yeah. it's like I don't you don't see a lot of those guys around anymore. It's like and that's a weird job to be like, "Oh yeah, I'm a design visionary. I do everything."
0: Yeah. Which is really a unique way to be in the approach of that, don't you think?
1: Yeah, but I, I think it's like there's so many people that are capable and it's interesting. It's fun. I think I like that the idea that they're making both things that are kind of, you know, a few of them like worked in film, but also like did tangible real things that went into people's houses or were parts of buildings or architecture and To me, it's like that whole divide of like practical, but also not, it's, it's super cool. It's super interesting.
0: Yeah. And that's, I think that the, the process of that becoming, um, a prolific being like that, I think is really interesting.
1: Yeah. Um, let's see, who else do I like? Uh, Alexander McQueen. Yeah. Um, it's weird because it's like, I didn't really, I knew of him, but I didn't really know too much and a few years back there was a really big show that was in, um, at the Met in New York Mm -hmm. and I just somehow wandered into it. Oh, that's cool. And I was just like blown away. It was just like, I went through the whole thing and I was just like, I, I was like, this makes me feel something. And it's weird because it's like normally I don't go and go through art things and be like, I feel emotions. It's just like, I'm like, Oh yeah, that was art. That was cool. Yeah. And that I was like, I feel, I feel something. I don't know what it is. And so then I went back into it and then I came back to the museum the next day and I went through it like four times in a row because there were a lot of people that are all going and they would shuttle you through it. So mm-hmm. they would kind of push you into the next room. <laughs> so I would just like, go, oh, and I would stare at something. I'm like, this is insane. What is, what is he thinking when he made this? Yeah.
0: It's, next level stuff for sure. Yeah. And, and very, very much himself, you know, yeah, artists like that always inspire me because he's not just making a film for a director and a, underneath somebody and all these other people. They're they're creating from their own self internally and allowing yeah. themselves to be exposed either appreciated or not, you know. And that's a really special thing I think, you know. Yeah. I mean, I for Especially me it's they like, nail it. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, I there's a book of I think it was a photographer that was following him around for his last show Mm. but and there's like some writing in it and stuff like that but to me it's there's this whole degree of he was very obsessed with all the stuff he was doing Mm -hmm. and he was very dedicated and he was kind of troubled and those are all things that i kind of relate to (laughs) and so for me it's like i'm just looking i'm like you know it's I'm like, I'm nowhere near doing anything as crazy as what you're doing, like as, as, you know, impactful and, you know, interesting. But there's something about that where you just, for me, it's just, it's admirable. It's, it's really amazing of the stuff that he's done.
0: Sure. And that's the, what you said is the interesting way of looking at it because you're relating to him on a different personal level and his work and it's speaking to you in a way that only art can do, you know? Yeah. And that's the beauty of creativity and also observing art and consuming art too is or other people's creative um endeavors is like it speaks to you and when a really great artist speaks to you it's 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 really kind of like the first time you have a kiss or something i feel like or mm-hmm. something significant you know um, a memorable experience you know yeah yeah it's like i remember the first time i like found frank miller's work as a kid you know and just being blown away like wow like this is so simple but it's so perfect and it's got all these things and it's like I'll never forget this moment or ghost in the shell or Akira or something, you know, like, wow, this is a significant thing that really makes me happy. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Who, who else are you really interested in now? Or even in the past, like what's, who's like a very, um, I mean, out of these two, out of these guys. And I think it's really yeah, cool know, that you like obscure things. These guys
1: are not things. like normal. But, I,
0: but I really like that though. I think that's really great. <laughs> and I think that adds a lot of the flavor to what it is that you do though because you have all these different influences you know because a lot of times like we spoke about we are a culmination of our influences you know so uh, look uh, at that bookshelf the,
1: lou romano's work
0: yeah okay i think that's what uh, i was trying to talk about
1: okay yeah, yeah he's i don't know it is surprising to me i like i mean to me he feels like highly intuitive and yeah. there's like a degree of like roughness to it that I don't know. Like, I just really like there's a lot of energy in it. Um, Really great collections of shapes. Um, You know, I like his sensibility. There's something like that's really classy, really kind of, um, I don't know, well designed about it. Well balanced.
0: Yeah, incredibly well balanced. Dude kills it. He's super, super good. I think he did design the Kung Fu Panda characters, right? Uh, I don't think so. I'm trying to think who that was.
1: That was, I think it was
0: Nico Morley. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Nico, I think that's his name. Yeah. He's,
1: yeah, he's also a
0: beast. He's, yeah. Yeah. Damn these guys. Yeah. They're, they're, these guys, their art. if you're interested in checking this out, their art is all over the place with, um, the art of books of like Pixar and, and DreamWorks mm-hmm. and stuff. They're just, it's filled. It's really awesome. Really love this stuff though. It's, um, you said it perfectly. It's a perfect balance between design and and like painting i suppose and there's a really great almost paul rand but more detailed and interesting way it's very storytelling um yeah it all comes together really well i think it's really it's really unique and it's simple and it and some of the times when you look at some of these guys work it resembles children's art and if you're not looking at it right but then when you dig deep into what it is actually doing and that's what i was trying to say about the process of not just going straight to the 3d the final frame it's like that exploratory like exploratory the stage of just discovering colors and discovering Mm -hmm. shapes and seeking those things out you know Um, i think that's a very important process and then when it's overlooked just because of the sake of, of money and production i feel that um it makes the whole thing suffer Mm-hmm. Yeah. I
1: think that's something that's going to be like kind of the next jump of where 3D or even just like animation, 3D animation stuff can go. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see that's kind of being explored in like a lot of shorts. Um, there's some like kind of video game stuff, like kind of indie games where it's like kind of the low poly kind of aesthetic. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like there's just that potential because it's like up to now, everything is kind of, it's emulating reality.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. It's very interesting.
1: And I think there needs to be that point because right now it's like, for me, it's like, there's not a strong difference between like, I don't know, some sort of like heavy VFX film. Like let's say like, like one of the last Avengers movie
0: yeah, I didn't versus see it.
1: like an animated movie because it's like, how many shots are they doing VFX to? Like, you know, Ultron yeah. is, there's not really an Ultron walking around. Yeah. <laughs> All that stuff. And there are, you know, it's like at a certain point, it's going to be like pretty close. Like how much, you know, or how 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 similar they are. Like how they get done.
0: Yeah, and and also that's also due to the people that are creating it. You know, you get artist unions, and then the unions are creating all the films. You know, yeah. And so you have the same artists over different properties. Well, then yeah, of course the the suits are going to look the same because it's from the same guy. You know. Yeah. Whereas I feel um, when I was growing up and you had these different people, you had guys like Ralph McQuarrie and all those kind of guys. I mean, there's definitely were unions and stuff, but you have these kind of random joggernauts just crushing it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that that spontaneity of creativity, like um, Eiko is one of a big influence for me, she, that designer. Um, she designed... Uh, like uh, Francis Ford Coppola's uh, Dracula oh, film yeah, um, the costumes. Echo, like right? Yeah Echo's epic man her work yeah. is super phenomenal and um, I really have, I, I admire Francis for knowing that about her work and discovering that seeing her work and going this is what I need as my costume designer for my films and man those costumes in that film <laughs> they make that film tolerable it's so epic man like yeah. it's, it's so amazing and just a yeah, whole nother level you know
1: yeah i was i was thinking i was watching a documentary on was it i think it was alien oh yeah about the art department so it was like oh look there was like mobius and there was oh, like on yeah. Cobb <laughs> and then there was like giger and yeah. you're like they kept him separate he was because Tribesta, he, was, yeah. he was doing the separate stuff like he was not integrated into anything yeah and it was just like it's interesting when you're like those guys are all crazy different from each other
0: oh yeah yeah. It's funny when you would, I would watch interviews with, uh, John and he would be talking about, um, when, um, man, I always forget his name. He wrote, he wrote alien. I don't know why I always, uh, but he wrote Alien and he was talking about, like, yeah, he went away and he wrote this horrible story about an alien and they burst out of his stomach and it's very gross and very dark <laughs> and like it's super. Fun. And then you have like, you know, guys like Eager who are the monster creator, you know, yeah. and, and how deep and hard and heavy and, and this heavy that is to create one of the world's scariest creatures we've never seen before this phallic beast that lives in space and is haunting and destroying humans and eating them and consuming them and planting babies inside their bodies. You know, like Mm -hmm. of course he's going to be in the corner. Wouldn't it be odd if he was in the same art department, like laughing and giggling, that would be really creepy, you know, like like, if he was a normal Joe
1: friends, (laughs) yeah, that would (laughs) be contaminate the rest of the movie.
0: Yeah. It would be really weird, you know? So I think, yeah, that's a film that I've studied so many times because it is um, it's a genre crusher, in my opinion. Yeah. There's no you, you can't make a space film with a monster and have it be the same level as that franchise. You know, <clears throat> even the worst alien films better than the best other style, you know, on other on the, on any other attempts at that same idea. So it's a really interesting thing. And the way that those guys are all built up together. And have you seen Yodorowsky's Dune yet?
1: i haven't i I have the dvd but i haven't started watching it
0: yeah check that out because basically it's his failed attempt at making doom like led to ridley making um alien he's he's basically used the dream team so you'll see (laughs) you'll see yeah it's pretty interesting have you seen uh, my life directed by nicholas Riffin's wife
1: No, I haven't seen that either.
0: Yeah, check that out. That's pretty cool. I won't say anything about that. That's that's a really interesting thing. I was really surprised at how relatable uh, the struggles he was going through were for me as an artist, too. Just really passionate. Um, But yeah, you might enjoy that. Is is there any films that you've seen recently that you are really influenced by or really like? Oh, man.
1: I actually haven't seen anything good in a while. (laughs) I mean... Yeah, like something that's really surprised you. I'm trying to think. I mean, like everyone, I like Fury Road.
0: Um, yeah, that was a good film. Um, that was really a lot of fun. Yeah, I enjoy that. That was such an art, artisan movie. Yeah.
1: yeah, I I think it was just surprising. Everyone was just like, "Oh,
0: we haven't seen a movie like this for a while." Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, but I yeah I'm I don't know I'm drawing a blank right now.
0: Have you seen like Nightcrawler? You seen that?
1: I haven't. I okay. I'm kind of kind of. I don't know. I haven't really seen much. Like there was like a month where I was watching every movie that came into the theaters. Oh no, don't do that. <laughs> no, it feels yeah. good because I just, it was entertained. I was just like, I'm going to go watch whatever this is. Oh, like yeah. i it, gonna be like, I'm going to go watch X Machina and I'll be like, okay, yeah. I want to live in that house.
0: Yeah. I want to live in that house too. How cool is that? Man, it's that was-
1: actually a hotel in like, I think Norway.
0: Oh really? Yeah. It's that's awesome.
1: Middle of nowhere though. It's like, the-
0: that's really so cool
1: you end up there and you get murdered by robots and
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really, um, yeah, I really, I enjoyed bits of that film as well. It had some really, some really cool concepts and ideas in that one. I think they're really fascinating, cool like, concepts. This is kind of, have you seen her? Are you interested? In yeah, her? I've yeah. seen her. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, I'm trying to think of some films really recently. Have you seen like enemy, uh, the other Jake Gyllenhaal film? No. Yeah. You should check that out. That's really good. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, it's hard. It's it's weird though. These days, I feel like I'm in the same place where I love these things, but they're hard to remember all of them. Almost, you know.
1: Yeah, there's. I think it's just they're starting. To, it's starting to get cheap enough to make so many these type of movies. Yeah. So yeah. then there's just so many. Yeah. And they all blend together.
0: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, how about video games? Are you into playing video games? I'm mean, trying to see what other things you consume and how you consume them. I'm curious. Um. About
1: that. The last game I played was Destiny, mm-hmm. and I, I capped out, and then I just kind of stopped. I don't know because it was like there was no more new content coming out. So there's like no more like I did the raid enough times, had enough things.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, I don't know. I, I I tend to like like playing those like open world games. Sure. And then eventually I give up playing the game and I just wander around. Yeah. like um oh what was it called i think it was called red dead redemption mm-hmm. and i basically treated that game as uh i would ride my horse around and go stare at things and shoot bears and
0: wolves <laughs> that was like the whole game that's how i treated um what's that uh that game where it's a like, guy hookers and super fucked up oh grand theft auto yeah <laughs> oh yeah i
1: yeah i would do that too i would just like drive chaos around. chaos land see how many police i can collect
0: yeah that would be and i would see how many i could jump over and like yeah. all that kind of stuff yeah it's like the next level of insanity <laughs>
1: yeah it's all the things that you would do if there was no consequence for you doing anything
0: yeah and i think that's um i think that's kind of what why that's there and why it's actually popular because it's kind of escapism in a weird yeah. way which i find fascinating too Are is there any desire of you to make any video games or I actually, I
1: kind of want to make some sort of game. I don't know what. I think it would just be like some sort of something that would be like a throwback or to something I played when I was a kid.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm something. doing. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That's cool. It's a lot of fun. You should try it. I think your artistic style and your, your lens would really lend well to a cool experience. You know, I think there'd be really something significant about what you create out of that. Yeah, I would really be curious. I'd love to play the video game that you make. It would be a lot of fun. And I think that's kind of where things are going like as you mentioned is is we're being able to create the things that, you know, we're passionate about, you know. Yeah. And um seeing where that goes, you know.
1: Yeah, that's good. actually a really cool thing because it's like it's so easy to be like, oh yeah, you know, my friend made a game. Oh, my friend made it like a little short or Yeah. you know, and they're like Good. They're like quality. They're like probably even better than what like a major place would do.
0: Yeah, that's the really significant thing too. You know, the accessibility of things and people being able to. Because like literally, it's just my friend Ryan and I, and we're building this game. And um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I just had a really special moment um, this past weekend. Actually, one of my nephews, I had him. Play it. Uh, we only have a beta of the first four levels. It's mm-hmm. on my phone. And he was just addicted to it. He loved it and he had so much fun. And he was just trying to solve it and figure things out. And he gave it, he was smiling and just like gave it a 10 out of 10. It was like, man, that was a so, such a really special experience because I had him in mind when I was creating this thing. I wanted oh, to awesome. build it for him because he loves puzzles and stuff. And I was just thinking, oh, it'd be so cool to have something for him and I to connect over, you know? And it was mm-hmm. just like, you know, you have those little moments, you work so hard on things that we were working on it for like seven months or so, or seven or eight months. And then uh, you have these little special like three minute moments, you know, out of <laughs> that. It's like taking this epic orange and then you just get like one droplet out of it, you know, but yeah. that droplet makes all the squeezing worth it, you know, so. But I'd really, I think it'd be really cool. I'd be curious to see what you make, you know. I'm, I'm kind of getting more into that, and I'm always curious to see, like, oh, I wonder how you would approach solving, like, how to make an interactive experience, you know, and using your abilities to do so. And what is that, you know, what world is that, and what does that look like, you know, and how do you do that? I got really inspired by Ali Moss, and um,
1: oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah,
0: Kevin. Yeah, the he like the way he's exp- you know exploring his own realms and stuff, and. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. Yeah, that's that's going to be really cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. You know, Ollie's a very smart guy and, and very unique taste and palate. And I think he's going to have something really interesting for us to experience. So. And uh, I want to talk a little bit before, I guess, we kind of cap this off. I uh, kind of like your creative process. Looks um, so like you're using, I've noticed that you do some modeling too. Is that true?
1: Yeah, I'm starting to get more into it. I need to invest more time to learn and kind of roll it into, I guess, I don't know more
0: production stuff I guess. Sure. It's a um, it's it's a learning curve that stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean I keep I think it's because I, I look at it and it's like I know that it's I don't know. I I always see like um I don't know because live action is like so I don't know the amount of time, the you know, quality of assets, like all that stuff. The m- amount of money involved. It it seems like that's always the tip of the spear. Yeah. So then seeing what's going on there, it's like animation always seems to be lagging slightly behind in terms of process. Yeah. And there's a degree of being like, we're real artists. And I'm and to me I'm like, no, we're not real artists. Real <laughs> artists are the people that you know go do something weird and get paid millions of dollars for that <laughs> yeah we're more production artists yeah. yeah i mean we're like you know assassins we're like a or yeah. no we're like an army we're the, the army that they <laughs> hired that's in you know in-house we like get paid our money and we sit around and we have tents and <laughs> yeah that's a good analogy That's pretty accurate actually too, yeah because you know. you're more like a, a assassin or a ninja or something
0: which is cool too yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, they're
1: all it's all different and
0: all different know, and cool in its own right yeah yeah
1: but if you start forgetting what you actually are, then that's where you get in trouble. And yes. to me, I'm like, okay, this is so idiot-proof because if, okay, so there's a few guys at work that, um, or there's one guy at work that, that comes from live action and he does a lot of modeling. And his stuff can go directly to modeling. They can clean it up and it can go into the movie.
0: Yeah, that's cool. And
1: <laughs> But I mean, the way that yeah. this all works eventually is like, If they can make one guy do the job of everyone, they totally would.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course they would. Yeah. Because it's going to save them money. And, you know, yeah, that makes total sense because it's a business at the end of the day. You know, I
1: mean, that guy, they'll be like, hey, so here's a million dollars, which sounds like a lot. But in the scheme of things, it'll be like nothing if he's the only guy doing the whole movie.
0: Yeah, exactly. And there's quite a few people out there that are doing things like that, that are taking their abilities and making full things just kind of solo. Yeah. Which is incredibly impressive, you know, but at the same time, like I said, I think there's a special thing that happens when people are exploring and they're discovering this random thing and they're getting lost in the ether and they're pulling out these unique experiences and things from themselves and putting that personality into their Mm -hmm. work. And that's a, that's a communication that you just can't get, um, by just doing it all yourself, you know, all the time. That's why I feel my personal, I love having collaborative art because let's say I worked on something with you and the way you think is completely different from me and you're going to solve something different. And when you interact with me, there's going to be a different experience out of it. It's yeah. going to be like weird alchemy and out of that experience, if we're both really passionate and, and focused on this thing and communicating, that's going to be really special. It's going to be more special in a different way than something I would do by myself, you know? And I think there's a great value in that, mm-hmm. you know, but at the same time, the numbers, you know, if you're doing a business and you're say, Hey, this guy can do all of these these people's work. Let's just have him do it, you know? And then it's like it gets a little scary. Yeah. <laughs> At the same time, that's just part of it though, you know. Yeah. yeah. It's it's just the machine. It's just it needs to go. It needs to be fed. Yes, of course. You have to be fed, you have to be paid, and so yeah. do I, and so does the company that is making this enterprise, you know. So but so you're not really getting into three D too much and if you do, what what programs are you using?
1: So right now I am moto or i mean primarily my 3d is maya and i'm trying to transition to moto why is that um i don't know moto i just like the tool set better um interface is geometry a little bit better you can Mm -hmm. render inside of it and look like i like how you can render in it better
0: is it it's it's tied in with like octane and stuff right
1: yeah i think so
0: yeah um it just
1: for me it just feels like um Maya is incredibly powerful. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff in there, but there's it's probably not the best thing for what I need. It's like kind (laughs) of like if you gave me like a helicopter or something like a military helicopter. (laughs) It's just like, yeah, sure. It's great. But you need all the support people. You need to know how it works. And it's probably not the best option for you to drive to work in.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's a great analogy, too, because it's a very true (laughs) because it has it's just too much. For yeah. the average user that's why i think moto and cinema 4d and these other yeah. but you can do amazingly powerful things with both of these as well you know but i think it's stripped yeah. down to the point of like oh you can use this to daily commute you know on your day and drive. i think
1: it's like to me it's like zbrush is on the cusp of going to being i don't know like almost the next photoshop type
0: thing i hope so just, i can't stand the ui though i've had yeah, such a hard time annoying. with that program
1: yeah I, yeah i don't like how certain things are done but it, it could be because i mean for me it's like i'm like i want to push the like maya buttons yes and it doesn't respond that way it doesn't respond like a 3d program
0: yeah it doesn't and
1: it doesn't respond like
0: photoshop either no. so then
1: i don't know what's going on i push <laughs> buttons and i run things
0: exactly and then and then it's like well i just wasted five hours and it's like, what am i supposed to do now yeah I'm going like, to go draw it, I guess.
1: Yeah. Or in the beginning, I'm like, oh, great. I made a lumpy potato. It's like, <laughs> yeah, that's useful. If I ever end up on a potato movie, Like, people yeah. hired me.
0: <laughs> Very true. I always admire guys that can get into ZBrush and programs like that and just mm-hmm. nail it and go through it and actually utilize its skills because it's, it's a definitely a challenging product, I think, uh, that I found. Yeah. So you're using Photoshop primarily, I guess, I'm assuming for yeah. the most of your work. Pretty much. Yep. Are you using that guy, Kyle's brushes, Kyle T? Um,
1: What's
0: that guy's name? Kyle sometimes
1: T? I do. Um, mostly I use, let's see, what do I use? It depends. I have like three or four brush tool sets from other people that I use. Mm-hmm. Um, one, it seems to be like a generic Disney set that's really good for painting.
0: Did you make this or do you have it no, from No, I, I
1: don't make my own brushes. I'm terrible at making brushes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Do you get them off the internet or is it something that you just have from somebody that you've worked with?
1: Most of them are usually from someone I worked with. Oh, that's cool. So I go, oh, I like how you do it. And then I somehow get their brushes. And then
0: kind of, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I steal their brushes. And
1: I'm like, I hope there's a little bit of your magic in these.
0: <laughs> well, there there's something really um expressive and traditional feeling about the textures of your digital art I think that's a very special thing the edges are jagged and imperfect Mm -hmm. and then there's um, a level of kind of spontaneous randomness that I feel is really important that you are able to capture in that and sometimes you know I like to make sure I decide or distinguish the artist from the tools but sometimes it helps to have those things because if you don't have those particular brushes or tools it's hard to mimic that feel you know and so yeah. i was just curious because i have i went and bought that guy kyle t webster's i think is he had like this epic brush oh pack. yeah and yeah, i had i, just, I had to go see. figure that out had to oh go, sorry go ahead no no i just was trying to figure out how to use that shit so i could be like because I, I love drawing and, and, and doing the art in the style that you kind of live in. I love it. It's so much fun because I also do love Paul Rand and I love all these very similar things to you. But it's been a challenge for me to kind of figure out, okay, where's the where are these brushes? how does this shit work? Like, come on. <laughs> Cause I have the idea in my head, but then I go and draw it. I'm like, this doesn't look like that at all. What the heck, man. Like, <laughs> it becomes like a frustration for me and in, in, almost in a yeah. sense, but I guess that's the, just the journey. And you've put in more hours, obviously on to deciding what that is. You know?
1: Those there's so many choices. Yes. That's there's my like, problem. <laughs> and you, like, it's not like a set of like these five brushes go together. Yeah. You're like, this is bristle brush one, and then this is bristle brush like 10. Yeah. And then you like go through the whole range of them, and you're like, okay, so this one's slightly different this way. This one does this. Yeah. And then, but I can never remember that. I'm like, oh, which was the one I like? Is it three? Is it five? Is it eight? (laughs) And does it go well with something else? It was like simple two.
0: (laughs) I'm glad I'm not alone on this because yeah, I've been, I think when, what I need to do is just kind of isolate a day of time to go through my brushes and articulate them and make notes. And I am just, I, I think they have a problem with that as a digital artist I'm like man you fucking computer just do what I say and that's it you know (laughs) but it's there's a lot of fight back with that same with ZBrush too I feel like there's a bit of uh, dedication you have to put in prior to actually doing anything and you just kind of have to dig give into it I guess you know Mm -hmm. there's a little bit of a learning curve I suppose you know so
1: yeah you have to figure out what everything does before you actually try to make something
0: (laughs) yeah absolutely and then I think that the interesting thing though is you do find out what everything does but then that doesn't matter if you don't have a good idea, you know, or a composition yeah. or a, a meaning, a defined concept, basically. So, and I think that's really when it gets into like, you know, the realm of, you know, creativity and activating those different things and blah, blah, blah. So, but I don't know. I was just curious about it. So, you're using Photoshop with custom brushes that you've managed to get some from people. That's awesome. I'm jealous. Very cool. And then your, do you use Illustrator and stuff as well? I noticed that you're doing um, some funny like UI stuff, like on some of your images and stuff. So, what like, do you use I'm Illustrator for that kind of stuff, or is it mostly Photoshop that you're using?
1: Sometimes I use Illustrator. It depends what it's for. Sure. Um, if it's things like I'm really slow and like I haven't used Illustrator in ages, so then most of the time I do it either in Photoshop. Like if it's something, so I'll do it in paths in Photoshop, which is weird, but. For some reason, works better for me than Illustrator. Sure. Or I do it in something like InDesign, which is also weird. <laughs> That's super weird.
0: <laughs> yeah, InDesign is uh, yeah has it has
1: a lot of quirks to it. I think it's just because um, Illustrator, I don't understand how any of the t- most of the tools work. Oh yeah. So then it's like I can be like I can make a circle, I can make a square, I can like <laughs> kind of draw something, or I can make text, but I can't figure out how to do a lot of
0: things to it. Yeah, if you ever want to know, I can show you some of the stuff that I know on it. So okay, cool. I'm not, I'm not an expert in any form, oh. but I'm able to get in there and do a lot of stuff. So it's like, yeah, it's a cool program. It's really, really pr- quite robust for what it is.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've seen people do illustrations in it, which is crazy to me.
0: Yeah, me too. It's like kind those, of nice. like
1: photo realistic. There's like a photo realistic motorcycle or car.
0: Yeah, what the heck, man. With yeah. all the gradients and stuff. Yeah, I've seen and then that too. You know I'm like, to what do the that. hell? That makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, I have, um, I think it's Motive Arts, I think. Motive. There's this guy that does these really epic like car illustrations. Um, Motive. Yeah, Artworks. Check that out. Um, okay, cool. Motive Artworks. Here, I'll put you the link. It's pretty freaking awesome. I think you'll dig it because um, you're a form and function kind of guy and you're interested in different kind of, I don't know, looks and styles, but he does it all in Illustrator. Pretty sure, and you can tell some of it obviously is. Um, but like, if you go to the shop version of that, uh, I actually bought some of the prints from uh, this guy's stuff to put in my garage because I love cars. So I'm oh, such a cool. car guy. <laughs> wow, pretty cool, huh? Like the yeah. gradients and stuff. But it's like it's it's stylized and simplified, but it's really beautiful. Like, um, there's a couple of GT3s in there that they're really close to like photoreal and in, in a very stylized way. Obviously, you know so. But, dude, patience. Days yeah, and days I hope of patience. Do that. <laughs> yeah, it's like multiple um, masks and stuff and mats and all that stuff, too. Um, yeah. More art to be envious of, that's for sure. Man. Right? <laughs> I'm hearing you're clicking. You're like, oh.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, just, I'm looking, I'm like, you, like, the car, I can kind of understand. Sure. i of like the tires and all that other stuff. I'm like, nope, don't don't <laughs> get that.
0: <laughs> yeah, those are just look like they're like compound pass and masks and stuff, and um, just probably works really methodical and very. I'm imagining pretty clean because you have to because these files yeah. are pretty dense, you know. But yeah, really cool, really cool work. Definitely dig this guy's stuff. Really wow. nice person too. So
1: oh, cool. Yeah,
0: and the prints came out really great as well, just, which is rad, but. Yeah. And that, just to talk a little bit about process, though, I'm just, was just curious. So, and how you go about it. And, you know, so you're interacting with different things and the programs that you use, do you use traditional mediums? I notice that you do quite a bit of sketchbooking as well. Is that a, a yeah, significant I, I, part I sketch, of your process? But I, don't
1: do a, a, or I sketch, but I don't do a lot of, um, I don't know, traditional painting or anything. I do yeah. It's like at a certain point it just feels like Photoshop kind of took over my brain. Mm. So everything is like, I think about how I could do it in Photoshop Sure, so I, I think it's like you know like any sort of digital thing you don't have to do it perfect the first time, mm-hmm. so then you're always like I wonder what happens if I do this, yeah, and, you, and you're like whoa that is why I did, don't do that, that, is, <laughs> that is, yeah,
0: yeah. But that's kind of so, cool though because you can you know
1: yeah, and I think that's that's the the best part about it. It's like there's this huge safety net. That allows you to try stuff out or to be like, I need to make this one thing perfect, whatever it is. I need to make the perfect line or do the perfect whatever. Sure. And it's great for that.
0: Yeah. And the, the On the flip side, when you want to do something that isn't perfect, that's what I find to be quite significant and special about the style that you have with your illustrations. Because it's it, ve- it feels very much like a gouache or a marker piece which oh, i think is really great because it's that's a very difficult thing i think to accomplish in digital you know mm-hmm. i think it's oh. definitely something that has, mm-hmm. has, a, has occurred over time because when photoshop first came out it was nowhere near as powerful and 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 significant as it is now that artists are creating on now you know yeah it had the, it had the bare bones and the basic idea but it was never even close to where it is now as far as like how complicated you can make things you know yeah I, yeah it's it's crazy
1: kind of seeing like how um stylistically what people make in photoshop how that's changed a lot yeah like in all the kind of different little schools of thought of how to do things mm-hmm. um and it's yeah it's, it's it's a weird kind of thing but i mean like it's kind of neat seeing process how it's changed and it's like a tool that's not even made for that yeah like a lot of times we're you know like how we were talking about brushes yeah Anytime I'd run to anyone from Adobe that works on Photoshop or has anything to do with, like, you know, talking about that, I'm like, why don't you make a thing that allows you to manage the brushes
0: better? Dude, seriously, come on, guys. Like, that'd be so epic, a tool, an epic tool thing that maybe I should just design it and say, can you guys just make it like this? That'd be awesome.
1: Like, all you need to do is be able to, like, okay, I can take these out and I can put these in. You don't want to load the whole set all the time. Yes,
0: yeah, yeah. You, you didn't want just to have your palette like and smile. you have your just, thing. Yeah. Yeah. You want to see what it looks like exactly in different colors or something, you know, yeah, I hope they're listening I'm going to talk with them about it if I can ever get, get a chance to because that is a big issue it's always been the thing like a, kind of the crux and that's why I don't get into it and learn it because it's mm-hmm. kind of a task kind of a chore and like right now I don't know how it happened I think I threw a bunch of just random brushes in there I have yeah. like 500 brushes now and then I got to go through yeah. it I have like trees and all this random shit I'm like man what is this going to do and how am I going to use that Yeah. And, and then you combine brushes and you get this like weird alchemy too and I think that's probably why they, they have it the way they have it so that you if you want to you can kind of go buck wild with it you know but it would just be really great if it was just like a big thing of thumbnails with examples of what it looks like Mm -hmm. in different colors and you could drag and move things around
1: yeah it needs to you need some way to like organize it and to like make collections of things because you don't need all 500 all at the same
0: time no it'd be great if you could go oh load my preset for brushes that are um just solely for i don't know digital art or something that's certain style and i know that that you can do that obviously but yeah. it's not very easy. So come on, no. make it for us lazy fuckers. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my one big complaint about that software. It's just dude, come on. It's a, just a pain in the butt. Well, we should probably end the conversation on talking okay. a little bit about your work and life balance and like, you know, what that's like and how you've kind of how you're doing with that and you know, good or bad. Oh, um, I'm horrible at that. That is like the What's worst. an average day for you then? What's that like?
1: It really depends how much work I've taken on. Sure. (laughs) Like what's going on. Uh, For me, it's like, um, I don't know. It's like, I like having something I'm doing that isn't like, or here, I usually like having three things going on. I like having my day job. Mm -hmm. I like having a personal project and I like having freelance and the freelance and the day (laughs) job. Yeah. I don't like them to be related. So I've been doing like kids books and, you know, day job. Hmm. So then they're sort of related, but sort of not. And then I like having a personal project, but I mean, that doesn't always have to be art related. It just has to be something creative. I need something to put my energy into that's unrelated to the other two.
0: Sure. What does that usually entail?
1: Um, I don't know when there was ECA, it was like doing things for that or making books or, I mean, kind of, I don't know, business stuff, which I, I kind of like. Um, now I'm trying to figure out what the next thing is. So then there's all this degree of like, maybe it's this, maybe it's that, maybe I'll talk to this person, see what they think about this idea. Um, yeah. yeah. But I think there's just, for me, it's like, I am really bad about having that balance. I think, um, like last year for me, it was like, I was doing like, yeah, I was doing like 18 hour days. I was sleeping like not very much. Um, there was a point where it's like, actually I, I had like a lymph node, some sort of like infection hmm. that, and it had to be like lanced and it was horrible and, wow. like hospital and it was gross. Yeah.
0: I've heard and, of that. Yeah.
1: And I was like, okay. They, I, and I like, it was sort of taken care of. And they're like, you need to go rest for a week. And I was mm. like, nope, screw you. I need to go back to work.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah. And then that's what you that,
1: know the week after that was comic-con so i was like oh Oh. sorry i also have to go to comic-con
0: now oh yeah comic-con waits for no man yeah (laughs) and so like that was yeah i wanted to meet you at comic-con i saw your booth i was like yeah this is awesome it was really um i think it was last year i can't remember i think
1: that was the last time i was there
0: it all blends together it's such a maddening experience but um yeah i think it was last year i saw your booth and i was like oh where did he want to meet you um it was cool to see your Where it was kind of like this nice breath of fresh air as far as style and the mix of all this like Jim Lee stuff, you know, like wannabe stuff. So not to say anything bad about that. It's just, you know, there's a lot of like mimicry, you know, going on, obviously. Mm -hmm. So, but it was really cool. It was really cool seeing kind of like your style. And I I I think you were out and about. So I I tried to come by and stop by a couple of times. But oh, yeah, I was. How was that setting up that booth? It was pretty nuts, huh?
1: that was nuts yeah Yeah. I was um and on antibiotics that were kind of (laughs) like have now be kind of sick so I was like a big sweaty sick mess (laughs) so basically if I wasn't there I was in the hotel room sort of like I wasn't sleeping I would just be like laying in bed oh yeah this is horrible why did I do this
0: yeah of course when you're sick everything sucks man yeah yeah and especially at a moment like that because comic-con is so gnarly and then i I can't imagine how gnarly it is to set up a booth i've talked to friends about it it's a very stressful experience Mm -hmm. there's so much going on
1: i really enjoyed doing that i mean it's just i think it's for me it reminded me of school but also it's i don't know it's a strong like character thing it's like i don't if i'm gonna do something that is for myself i'm like i don't want to have to do it Mm -hmm. and also i want to be like I, i keep wanting to like push like that, there was no real strong reason to actually have done it that way. Sure. I just wanted to do it because I could.
0: Yeah, no, I get you. Yeah. And that's kind of a cool and interesting way of looking at it too. Um, but I, I think the experience itself is a really unique one, um, the Comic-Con thing. And just, um, it probably is, have you been to to Comic-Con prior as like a, a spectator in the oh, past? yeah. So it must yeah, have been interesting was that your first year kind of presenting as an artist there?
1: I think that was our or that was the 3rd year. That okay. Did it fourth?
0: Awesome. Is like is it you and your wife or your girlfriend? I can't remember.
1: Oh, um yeah, it's it was my wife then. Which awesome. My ex-wife now.
0: Oh, Okay. So, yes. Yeah. Well, that looks like it was like a really um cool experience though. like it was your booth came out really cool They had like a lot of really interesting characteristics and cool little um nuances and stuff all the wood oh yeah
1: that was fun i mean like i love that stuff like that meeting people just wandering around you know like it just it's there's a nice that there's a nice good energy there plus it's cool to actually meet people that are excited about something you're doing oh yeah so much of you know like what we do it's like Consumed by people that we have no contact with.
0: Yeah, or it's very insular too. Yeah, yeah. And the, com- the communication the connection is very off. But when you have Comic Con, it's you have this emot- the ability to connect with so many people, which is really cool. I find well, it be fascinating.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think there's something really valuable about that because you're kind of getting to the point of the person that actually is consuming your thing so that you go, okay, well, what do you like about it? (laughs) Or, I mean, but it's like such a good way to kind of have an understanding of what you make and how it affects other people.
0: Yeah. Engaging that too. Yeah. That's awesome. You have, um, I I guess one more thing I wanted to talk about because we can talk a little bit more about life balance. But the last thing I wanted to to see if you you had any advice for like up and coming artists and things that you've learned that might help others that are coming up. Because one of the things I like to do with the show is kind of expose really high level professionals, but also uh, encourage other artists and people that are, you know, striving to become an artist in their own career and, and trying to find their voice. Um, I think it usually helps. I mean, I remember when I was starting out, like how significant, just even a couple words from uh, artists that I like of encouragement or, you know, of things to remember and along the journey, is there something that you could pass along as far as like, you know, some things that you might've learned along the way or anything, anything like that? Um,
1: do whatever entertains you do work that, that you find fun. I mean, I think there's like a strong part in the beginning where you're starting out and you always want, you just like, will take anything that is offered to you. Yeah. And I mean, there is something that's valuable about going through a lot of experiences like that, like kind of paying your dues. But also I think you just need to balance it out by having, I don't know, just being passionate about what you're doing, being excited about what you're doing. I yeah. mean, this is such a weird kind of job in a way, like all this creative stuff, because to me, it's like, I see it like, you know, it's pretty much similar to, I don't know, people that are professional athletes. Mm-hmm. It's like most of those guys, you have to assume there's something about it where they do enjoy doing that. Or I mean, or they just enjoy making shit tons of money. But I mean, <laughs> probably both of them.
0: Yeah. But, but most I mean, of the time they love what they're doing. That's why they're, they're have good. have have
1: something about that where you, really love what you're doing because if you don't, then there's a point where you're going to be like this weird dated shell of a artist. Like you won't be relevant anymore. You won't make anything that makes anyone excited that you'll be like kind of this relic. Yeah. And I mean, you have to like continually keep doing that. It's like if you played, you're an athlete and you got onto a team and eventually you're just like, nah, you know, I'll just be here forever. And you got fat and you couldn't really do whatever you needed to do. Yeah. I mean, eventually you're not going to be there anymore. And like with art, it's the same way. It's like, you have to keep going. You have to keep swimming. It's like you're a shark. You have to keep going. Yeah. Otherwise you're going to die.
0: <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more. I think that especially the moment when you said um, you have to love it. There is a a book called Outliers. Have you read that book? Oh, yeah. I read I listened to an interesting interview with the author and he was he was arguing the fact that he wasn't trying to dismiss the idea of genius or creativity, What he was trying to say is that the common thread between these brilliant people and what they're doing is that they love what they're doing. That was the always the one thing that was making the, the make or break, like loved yeah. it in a, either a love because you can love things in a healthy way or, or a healthy way. And it didn't matter as long as they loved what they were doing, whether it's boxing or playing hockey or drawing images or art. But if I think if you really, you have to love it, you have to fall in love with it and give it to give it your everything. Yeah.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, I think that's, I don't know. I mean, you have to treat it kind of in a way where it's like if everyone was like rich and didn't have to work would you still be excited about doing it like is this a thing
0: you would do with your life yeah that's a great way to look at it there you go guys boom good advice i think that's the best way to look at it because you know if if this was the thing that you were going to do or tomorrow you were to die or whatever or um you knew that you only had a certain amount of time here which we do we just choose not to we choose to avoid that thought but (laughs) um you know what would it be that you're going to do with your time you know and and making sure that you're seriously passionate about it you know so Mm -hmm. oh yeah well dude thank you so much for coming on it's been a really awesome conversation i really appreciate it and a year in the making there you go folks you've actually made it happen
1: awesome well thanks for having me And that
0: does it for this week's episode. I want to give a big thank you to our sponsor, Squarespace. Squarespace is an awesome service that allows you to have a very unique web presence by eliminating the time and resources it used to take to create a custom website. It's incredibly easy to use and allows you to create something beautiful in a matter of minutes. So start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code TCP at the checkout to get 10% off. Also, a big thank you to our guests this week, Mike Yamada, for coming on and sharing his time with us. You can find links to Mike's work in all of the show notes for this week's episode at thecollectivepodcast.com forward slash 115, along with links to our Facebook, Twitter, and iTunes podcast page. Have an amazing day, everybody. Be powerful. Be prolific. Peace out.